Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, I'm your host, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's new with you, with food, with movies, with life? I'm here to listen. Actually, I'm more here to talk, but I, I would love to listen, so you know, feel free to always reach out on all the different forms of social media. And uh, I'm sure even on uh, Cage Club, I think there's an email uh, set up there for that'll go right to my personal email. So hit me up, ask me some questions, ask me if if you want to. I'm not trying to force you, but also uh, let me know what's uh, what's good where you're living. If you don't live in the, I don't, hey, I don't even know everything in New York City and the Jersey area that I live. So tell me what your favorite places to eat are. If you've seen any good. Uh, movies or just uh or places you've traveled to and uh if you know anyone that would be interested in uh talking on foodie films always looking for some fun guests to have on but uh this episode it's a fun one i've got my friend nate he is a beer and movie enthusiast and this is the first episode we're really diving into like a drink driven film not food driven film so the world's end awesome hilarious movie and uh, I mentioned uh, on the episode the Left Bank uh, Burger Company. I bl- let me just make sure. Left Bank Burger Bar. Sorry, not company. Left Bank Burger Bar. And I finally went to it. It's in, you know, I pass it all the time, but went to it. And it's the home of the weekly burger battle. So I wasn't sure if it was weekly by bi- or, you know, bi- bi-weekly. Is that twice a week or is that every two weeks? Either way, it's the home of the weekly burger battle. And uh, it's great. They've got a lot of cool, uh, you know, like custom burgers. And then they have that weekly burger battle. So it's worth checking out. That's on Newark Ave in Jersey City. Uh, right now I'm seeing the Try Our Ghost Face Burger. It was uh, shown on the Food Network, as featured on the Food Network. So this place has been on the Food Network. That's awesome. Love anything uh, like that. Uh, also, what, what, what have I been watching recently? I've just been binge I've been going from show to show. So I did like Cheers, and then Frasier, then The West Wing, and then uh, The Good Place. 
Uh, that was only two seasons, though. I'm trying to figure out something to binge-watch next. I want, you know, I want something too, too serious. I don't know if I want to dive into The Sopranos just yet. But, uh, yeah, any recommendations? I'll, I'll take them. Uh, I was thinking about starting re-watching all of Game of Thrones. Um, and, oh, by the way, check out my Instagram. I posted there was this crazy... It was actually in, like, a ShopRite Liquors, but this crazy display of all these... Uh, you know, Omegang Brewery did, have been doing all these Game of Thrones beers over the year, but na- uh, over the years. But now they have... Uh, all these scotch whiskeys and the, the I think it was the Johnny White Walker <laughs> instead of you know the blue label red label Johnny White Walker uh, scotch and just a pretty cool display there but I was thinking about rewatching all of Game of Thrones and you know I just I just don't think I can do it I'll rewatch you know like my favorite episodes but there are just some episodes that while they're they're still good they just really you know move the plot along and just aren't as maybe visually interesting. You know, I, I love the episodes that they have the crazy battles and all that kind of stuff, but uh, but I'm looking forward to it sometime in April that's coming out, maybe mid-April, But uh, and I'm excited for Aquaman. I'm going to go see that maybe a weekend early via the Amazon uh, option that they gave, or I'll go see it right before Christmas, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Here is Nate Adams, Nathan Adams. He's not a founding father, even though it sounds very founding father name. But again, beer and movie enthusiast, and uh, it, I think we have a good one here. So Nate, what's going on? Thank you so much for coming on to Foodie Films. Yeah, you, you helped me out last minute, and it's well, it's been a while since I've seen you. So what's what's going on? Yeah, I uh, I was thinking about this actually. And uh, have you ever heard of a guy named Stephen Bradbury? Stephen Brad, no. So, so Stephen Bradbury is a famous speed skater in Australia, and okay. he was known as the guy who won when everybody else fell down. Everybody was rounding their final turn in the 2002 Winter Olympics, uh-huh. and Stephen Bradbury was probably about a lap behind everybody else, had no shot at winning. Okay. And then I think it was Apollo Antonono fell down, took out everybody else, and Bradbury was just the last one standing and made it across the finish line. So that's kind of me right here, <laughs> that's where right here. everybody else has fallen down, oh, and I'm just no, the no, last no, no, one no, no, standing. No, no. It's, not, it's, uh, not, it's, not, it's not that extreme. I did yeah. definitely at one point want to have you on the podcast, and specifically... Uh, something beer related, so that kind of works for the the movie at hand today is the world's end, and I and you, so you're also you you might not work in food, you might not work in film, but goddamn it, do you love film? And, and beer, at least. I mean, we can talk about food for a bit, but I really do want to talk about beer with you. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, look, craft beer kind of started back when we were in college, actually. Yeah, that's uh, what, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I believe you were actually one of the people that kind of first turned me on to craft beer. Ooh, uh, wow. You, you, you bring around a lot of German beers uh, that I had no idea what exactly <laughs> they were. Wunderbar. Uh, uh, and that got me kind of hooked on to this thing called Carlsberg. Uh, mm. Which is yeah, this this Danish, nice Danish with a yeah. nice nice elephant on it, yes. um, and uh, you know I started thinking that I was really cool drinking beers like Sam Adams, uh, like the Noble Pills series that they had their limited <laughs> run, uh, as we watched Jersey Shore. So you know season one, I'm dating myself there, uh, and then you know we started drinking some interesting things, and I, I found this thing called Bourbon County. 
Uh, and Bourbon County was one of the original bourbon barrel-aged beers from Goose Island. All right. Ooh, uh, Goose Island. Nice uh, Chicago beer. Nice Chicago beer, yes. And uh, Bourbon County, and we can even crack one, you know, later if you want. Yeah, we're, what are we drinking? Or Tell me what we're drinking. So right uh, this is called Old Man. This is a, a, an ESB. Uh, it's perfect for me. I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> perfect for you, perfect for the film, uh, British-style uh, ah. bitter that we're having here. And it's actually made by Treehouse, which is the least uh, English-style uh, brewery known to mankind. Okay. Uh, but they're known as one of the uh, one of the top brewers and nice. breweries in, uh, in the U.S. Um, and was literally there probably about a week ago, uh, which was really cool. And yeah, whenever I see you posting stuff, you just what? How many breweries did you go to? Oh uh, man, on a little trip so recently? every year, uh, me and my dad get together, uh, and we do you know three days or so of just nonstop breweries. That's the first awesome. year, yeah, it's it's amazing bonding time with my dad. Yeah, I see fairly often, but still, just getting time alone to you know have a couple beers, catch up on everything. Yeah, something life. you're both interested, passionate about, and yeah, and he's uh, <laughs> this is one of the things that I think we actually bond over is uh, we both use you know this rating. App called Untapped, uh, which is a lot of fun because we actually both will you know check in on each other's beers and see what the other person's drinking. Yeah. And if he's in San Francisco, he shoots me over the tap list that he's having because uh, he travels a lot and he gets to go to all these you know crazy exotic locations all over the world uh, and send me you know what the beers are on tap. Yeah. Uh, and you know we get to go on this trip though, and we spent about an hour in uh, in line to get about two cases of beer, uh, which currently uh, populate about half my fridge. Uh, and a lot of things that I probably need to drink within the next month or so. So it's going to be a really interesting holiday season. Uh, but this is uh, Treehouse. They make a lot of New England-style IPAs, uh, a lot of just outstanding stouts. Um, I'm not a huge bitter fan, but, you know, given the situation, I figured it might be a pretty good thing to drink. Yeah. yeah. But we went to well, probably, I think, six or seven breweries in this past trip. So three days, six or seven. How many breweries would you say you've been to in your life? I've been to at least 75, probably okay. more. Um, and I mean, ha- yeah. And how many un- on untapped, how many beers do you have logged right now? I'm at around 4,500. <laughs> Uh, which... I remember coming over to your place when you're in Hoboken <laughs> and saying like, you know, because I knew you're, you're into beer and then you, you know, and you always offer me <laughs> yeah. something uh, unique and delicious uh, when when I come over to your place, and I was just like, oh, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Shane Kelly, who I'm sure I'll try to get on here at some point. He's up in Vermont, and Vermont is known for, you know, well known for their craft beers, and he had. Like several hundred at that point, and you're like, yeah, and I forget what you had, like this time last year or something. Probably about like two thousand. Yeah, and wait, two and how many are you at now? About forty five hundred. You've had in a year's time. Yeah, it it sounds bad when you say it out loud. Uh, No, (laughs) the key thing is, um, I'm sure. Are there like flights involved it's almost always flights yeah i I don't actually drink much in the way of like full beers sure Uh, normally what we'll do is we'll do a flight or i'll go to a beer festival and in the course of that beer festival i'll have you know 75 beers Mm -hmm. uh and that's 75 beers over you know five four or five hours or so yeah uh and uh, don't get me wrong that is a lot of beer and you start to struggle to remember all of the beers that you've had at that period of time yeah but But it's two three ounces uh of each one again though once those beers are 14 percent and you hit that final 10 minutes of there's 20 beers i haven't tried yet i need to down them all as quickly as possible (laughs) uh that ride home becomes a lot more difficult uh but those are you know some of my favorite things to do what's what's your favorite style of beer Oh man, um, I love bourbon barrel aged stouts, uh, and 
almost anything that's actually aged in a certain type of barrel. I love rum barrels, tequila barrels, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England IPAs also, I'll, I'll uh, join the masses in, in my love for them. Um, West Coast style IPAs as well, uh, quite nice. Uh, Kolsch's, surprisingly. Kolsch's. Um, yeah, when when Kolsch's are well done, there's some dry hopped Kolsch's actually out there that are outstanding. And the other half does some really interesting Kolsch work as well. Uh, I think, and then porters. Uh, love, love good porters as well. Do you find, are you someone that tends to drink certain beers a certain time of year? Or are you just like a all, all year round kind of? It varies, actually. I mean, in the winter months, uh, I definitely will drink darker beers. Uh, specifically, I will enjoy good pumpkin beers around, you know, October, November. Uh, December, January, we do stouts. For example... Uh, yeah, like an oatmeal type. I'll love oatmeal stouts. Um, <laughs> around Christmas, uh, well, actually, for Christmas, uh, my our good family friends uh, own a craft beer distributor. Uh, and one of the really cool things is having them come over for Christmas every year, and they travel all across the U.S. to different breweries to yeah, find new okay. product to bring to their uh, to their distributor, uh, to their store. And it's really interesting because what we do is we just line up probably about 20 to 30 bottles that we've collected over the course of the past year. So I'm bringing probably about 8 or 10 this year, uh, all really nice bourbon barrel age for the most part stouts. And uh, we line them up, and then we kind of do like a fantasy draft of beer. Oh, uh, I like so, that. Yeah, so, you know, there's cool. probably about six of us that are all drinking on Christmas evening. And I'll pick one. Uh, you know, my dad will pick one. Our family friends will pick one. Their, their, their son will pick one. And then their son picks again. And okay. we go back down. So snake-style draft of the beers. Uh, and major holidays, we tend to do something similar to that. Yeah. Uh, just because we all travel, we all pick up beers wherever we can. We all either ship it back or we, you know, put it in our suitcases and hope it doesn't explode. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> I have, and well, I've I've had since June, um, and I and I, I've been meaning to have, and and you are definitely on on the list of people I'm going to invite over. I have uh, twelve, so like two two cans of each. But so yeah, it's a case, two cans of each. So twelve different types of sours. Oh wow! From Hermit Thrush. Have Where's you, Hermit Thrush? That's in. I always. I know it's Vermont. I want to say Brattleboro. Brattleboro. Brattleboro, Vermont. Shane took me there because he knows I love sours. I feel like I mean, see if you'll agree with me on this. Are sours becoming like the new IPAs in the sense of their? You know, like, it's the next, you know, like, all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, I love IPAs because, you know, how hoppy <laughs> they are. Versus and then sours are getting that way because people are like, oh, I like, you know, the, you know, the, I mean, the souriness of it and the fruity, you know. What do you, uh, well, I, I, just I, even I would, in general, how do you feel I would about say those? no. Um, no? What I would say, though, is more people are experimenting with sours, and there's more breweries that are trying out sours. Mm-hmm. I had a, a Flanders Red Ale in some, you know, small brewery up near Syracuse a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, a year ago, I would have never seen a Flanders Ale in most breweries across America. Uh, but all of a sudden, this is a pretty new phase where they're like, let's try aging our beers with cherries and making sours. Uh, which, when done correctly, I think is, you know, I think sours can be one of the best beers out there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, we got Bourbon County, we got some other sours if you want to try some interesting stuff here tonight. Uh, I don't think there's going to be many sours in uh, the world's end, unfortunately. Uh, no, but... sours, I mean, <laughs> just even Europe in general is like just starting to even get more into craft than you know like i mean america i think i mean you know i my recent trip to europe you know i just go around and i said 
World War One, World War Two, craft <laughs> beer. You're welcome. Yeah, you know, like that's <laughs> that's uh, that's our biggest contributions to uh, well, I mean, European it's, society. It's kind of true. The, the the interesting thing about craft beer in Europe is they've always had some kind of craft beer. Definitely, uh, it just wasn't cr- the yeah. amount and the styles. I mean, part of uh, you know, if you go over to uh, England right now, or go out to London, go out to Scotland, mm-hmm. you, you get Brewdog. Uh, which is, you know, one of the, the big breweries In out Soho. There. In Soho, yeah. yeah and you told uh, me to go there. I went there. I loved it. Oh, amazing place. And it, it's it's almost identical to many U.S. breweries if you go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, better U.S. breweries. If you look at, you know, McKellar, for example. McKellar is uh, a Danish brewery that kind of kicked off part of this craze. And yeah. again, they're, they're Danish. Uh, they've got tap rooms in Seoul, in Tokyo. Uh, I think they might have one in Singapore. Um, but they have one that they just opened in New York City and one that they just opened uh, in San Diego not too long ago. Um, this entire f- craze is all across the world. Yeah. And the sours in particular, I think you see better ones for the most part uh, in, in the UK. Uh, but I think we're we're not too far behind, and we're doing some interesting things with our sours. Uh, you know, we are aging them in tequila barrels just to see what happens. Yeah. And then we're releasing them to the public, and then we cross our fingers and we say, you know, this this brew, maybe it'll work. Hermit Thrush. It's definitely it's worth uh, checking out. But I want to have sooner than later. I mean, what is? Hopefully, I haven't. I was told if I kept them in a you know a finely <laughs> a room temperature atmosphere that they should be fine. They're in cans. You know, not. In, in a cabinet, hopefully. I mean, what's shelf life? I mean, I, I prefer bottles usually for sours. Um, yeah. but shelf life on those, I don't really know honestly for sours and cans. I don't. Yeah. I don't have much experience in I that know department. One, two, yeah. two, two of the cans I have are a cuvee, so like a blend oh, of intro, all yeah. all of the sours there, and they were eighteen dollars a can. So cheap. Yeah. Cheap for craft beer. <laughs> yeah. I school on that. Yeah, on that. Um, I it was that the twenty four that I have plus then two more four packs of like their two most popular beers or whatever. I it was like a hundred and fifty dollars for all that or whatever. But yeah, it, but hopefully. So point being, I gotta have after the holidays, <laughs> after everyone's done with the their crazy holiday parties. I wanted there's I know a handful of people that will truly appreciate sours that we could sit down and sip on them and enjoy them. And you are, and you are one of them. No, so. definitely, uh, definitely thrilled to go. Um, we're, we're trying to do a, a craft beer tasting at my apartment, uh, in the next probably month or so for, Ooh. again, the key reason of, if you open up our fridge, you see so many beers in there that are probably not going to be as good and they will drop off after about a, a month, month and a half. Um, so might as well enjoy them while they're fresh. Yes. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they're, I mean, I would think that there's, still pretty fresh and they'll they've held up in in the cans i'm hoping <laughs> yeah we'll see. I, we'll see I i they probably will though um let me just ask you before we get into the movie so yeah. then we've, we've we've talked you know about beer what how do you feel what what has your experience been with uh specifically the breweries or brew pubs even just then the food that goes into these places, you know, like what, you know, I feel like, you know, obviously we're stepping up our beer game and at the same time food in general, but also at these, again, brew pubs and, you know, some breweries allow you to bring food in, some breweries have some food for you. I mean, what, what's your stance I mean, on that? I mean, my favorite breweries are the ones that you walk into and they have just an entire wall of menus yeah. from local uh, spots and you get to, you know, pick and choose what you're, what you're feeling. Uh, we were at Zigmeister not too long ago and we walked in and they had uh, 
what are those little like tables that have literally all the pamphlets that you go to like every hotel oh, and yeah, across like, America, every motel across America. Yeah. And they're like, here's every amusement park within like 150 miles. Yeah. And they may not still be around, but at least we have that pamphlet. Uh, it's like that, but for, but for uh, restaurant menus, those are probably my favorite things. Uh, one of my favorite, I lived in, in DC obviously for a while. Uh, and one of my favorite things out there was a, a little, little location called Church Key, which is consistently rated one of the top craft beer bars in the United States. They have probably oh. 40, 50 taps. Uh, and if you go downstairs, actually, within the same place, it's called Birch and Barley. They will okay. serve all the beers upstairs from Church Key, but it is a full restaurant that is outstanding. Uh, but if you go upstairs to the bar side, it's more pub food. Uh, but they actually do have one of the best, I think it was French dips, uh, I've ever had in my life. So, yeah. I had, just thinking of French dips, uh, I had a, have you been to Left Bank uh, Burger uh, in Jersey City? I have not, actually. It's a really cool burger spot where they, you know, have, you know, their special, like a whole menu of special burgers, but they always then have uh, a champion burger and the you know, and then the contending burger, and I think once, I don't know if it's once a week, once every two weeks, and they just see how many they've sold of each, and maybe the champion will stay champion, or maybe the contending will, <laughs> you know, will take over. So I had the champion burger, and it was a French dip burger, and it was amazing. Did you ever watch, so. like, old, uh, like, Sports Center probably four or five years ago? The where Ocho? They did, oh. uh, no, not the Ocho, unfortunately, uh, but where they did the, the worst of the worst. So, like, instead of the, the top ten it was the not top 10, but okay. whichever one was actually voted the worst play of the week uh, would face off against the previous worst play, and whichever one stayed around was considered the worst play virtually of all time. And they had to retire the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, uh, which one <laughs> must have been for like nine months well, or a yeah. year or something of just consistently beating every single... It was like Sanjaya from American Idol. Yeah. It was like that, where you're watching this and you're going like, oh God, I got to call in and just keep this going. Yeah, that that was. <laughs> and then just thinking a food-related Mark Sanchez. I remember when he <laughs> went to the when he went from the Jets to the Eagles. Oh God, he's don't, on. Don't I think I I don't know if he was the backup or the backup backup for the Eagles at that point. And it was like a big to do because he was then commenting. I mean, you're an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan, so they're talking. It's talking about MetLife then, I guess. But he's just it's Mark Sanchez, just like carefree on the sidelines. I think he's trying to talk to I don't even know who was the starting QB at this at this time. Maybe it was Nick Foles. It was either Nick Foles or Mike Vick. It might have been Carson. I don't think it was No, Wentz no, yet, it was be- uh, no, it was before so it was it was Foles and yeah. uh yeah, Vic was and, prior to Foles. And he's just trying to make conversation. I think it must have been Foles. He's like, "Oh man, chicken fingers here are really good." And <laughs> it's just this it's audio clip of Mark <laughs> Sanchez just like Beautiful man, beautiful smile, loving chicken fingers on the, <laughs> yeah. at the, on the sidelines at the at the link, and just uh, I you mean, know, not not the greatest quarterback. The Giants just uh, I didn't even know he was on the Redskins. Yeah, and the he, Giants whooped the Redskins. Kinda. And, uh, I, I think was, he lasted two quarters. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was just so yeah. Is he really on the Redskins? Look, who, who really knows? If but, Mark Sanchez doesn't dip his fingers in Diet Coke or whatever it is, which seems to be a current craze with uh, these youths. You haven't seen this? No. Yeah, there's been a a bunch of people on Instagram that are currently dipping their chicken fingers in in different Oh, dipping their... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, And that would have been... Actually, probably still would have been the least offensive thing about Mark Sanchez. Uh, (laughs) But... Well... Here's to you, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clink clink the drinks right there. There we go. Good luck in Washington. Uh, (laughs) 
I think you're already benched, but Godspeed. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's uh, let's get to the... I said the movie at hand, but let's talk about The World's End. Again, so I was... Uh, when I when then uh, I was thinking I was just like okay let me get Nate on I was just like and I wanted to do we we've done eighteen episodes well technically seventeen thus far of films last episode was a clip show my favorite moments from the first seventeen episodes so I think I'll maybe I'll, maybe I don't know why I chose it after seventeen <laughs> but maybe I'll do that for every after every seventeen episodes then I'll do a clip show but anyway uh, so we've covered seventeen films thus far and none of them have. Uh, been you know very drink related so and then i i just know i mean correct me if i'm, uh, if I'm wrong but you are a pretty big edgar wright fan right i am an edgar wright fan yes yeah. so uh the world's end uh, came out in 2013 <laughs> it is the third chapter in the cornetto trilogy so even right yes. then people we've got then it's a it's a food related trilogy so uh what are your let me let me just for, <laughs> let me first ask you in from favorite to you know I I know when I say least favorite doesn't mean that you don't like it but tell me World's End Hoffa Shaun of the Dead where, where top you know top we'll, to bottom we'll take Ant Man out of it because that was just a hot mess in terms of him oh yeah no that's not and that's film. not a, but the I'm, Cornet, just, I'm just the kidding Cornet, yeah oh not even Cornetto. we're not including Scott Pilgrim's we're, oh we're interesting doing, okay. we're doing so we're doing Cornetto, Cornetto, trilogy. Cornetto trilogy um. Man, I'm actually probably the person that likes Hot Fuzz the least out of the three, which is ah. surprising. A lot of people rank that their number one. Yeah. I'd probably go with Shaun of the Dead as my number one, uh, World's End as my number two, and then Hot Fuzz is my number three, although one and two are actually fairly close together. Okay. Um, just because there's something about this film about getting the gang back together, which is you know interesting considering yeah. we're back together having this conversation. It really fits the topic at hand. Uh, that just really kind of struck home, and you know when you go back to a location and you realize that things are a little different. I'm not talking like aliens invading <laughs> yeah. your, your hometown. If different. you are, this is a safe place. So. Um, we'll talk later. Uh, I need I need to tell you something, but it's 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 when you go home and things are just not the way they were when you left them. Yeah. Uh, and as somebody like again, I haven't I haven't left home since or left home. I haven't I haven't lived at home. Uh, probably since I was about 18. Like, we'd spend, you know, summers back there between school every now and then. But sure. once I, I turned, uh, uh, once you graduated 21, college, once yeah. I graduated from college, I went out and I did political campaigns for probably about two, three years. Uh, and that involved me being on the road consistently and then I'd come home for, you know, a week every now and then and there'd be a new thing propping up here and there. Yeah. Where my parents would all of a sudden have a hot tub and they were like, welcome back, here's a hot tub in your backyard. And I was like, oh, this couldn't have been here when I was in high school, uh, <laughs> when I could have actually gotten some use out of it. And, you know, all of a sudden they have a new dog and everything's different. And I, there's just something about this film in particular that really, uh, you know, connects with me. Yeah, I, I, I really like this film. I love all the films in the Cornetto trilogy. I really enjoy Edgar Wright as a filmmaker. I'm, I'm not sure if I love the ending. And when I say the ending, I mean like the... The, like almost like the literal the last, the last minute, like yeah. yeah like pretty much like once Nick Frost starts telling you like what happened yeah once come, the network goes down yeah once and, the net yeah. I I just I'm not sure if I'm like a huge fan of that like I I you know I'm I'm not against like a necessarily unlike happy ending away like I mean this in the sense of Shaun of the Dead, I mean, Nick Frost becomes a zombie, but it's funny, because he's always in the shed, and they end with uh, Queens, you're my best friend, and they're, <laughs> play, and they're playing video games together. Uh, and then, I mean, Hot Fuzz. I, 
like I mean I do really like Hot Fuzz as well but I agree with you I think there's something special about um, Shaun of the Dead and then particularly this one because it's like a bigger group of friends but Shaun of the Dead it's like two buddies maybe you maybe you enjoy the slacker Simon Pegg more than the I do uh, yes. yeah straight straight edge Simon Pegg uh, character of the cop of what is that uh, Sergeant Angel Oh yeah, there's a there, there's a, a moment in this film, and I'm try, I I don't think I connected very well with Simon Pegg at all in this movie, uh, but he basically says something uh, which is is it nutty? Is it foamy? Is it hoppy? Does it have a surprisingly fruity note which lingers on the tongue? Uh, and all of a sudden I went, damn! I really relate with this character for probably about. 30 seconds as he's asking the bartender exactly what's going on and the bartender just responds with it's a beer it's like when you sit down and you're asking the yeah. bartender who's you know an 18 year old who's still in high school and has no idea has barely had probably you know two drinks in her life yeah. about the beers that she has on tap and she's working at a craft beer bar and she just looks at you and she goes I am not old enough to drink uh, <laughs> and it's it's heartbreaking because you're like oh you, you're surrounded by just this amazing situation at hand where you, you change your kegs every 30 seconds there's so much beer here and you aren't of legal age I am so sorry <laughs> well there it harkens to I mean when he's it's you know it's beer we got one type of beer it's, it's beer uh, it, you know harkens to a simpler time where I mean I'm sure oh, do you remember? Small, oh, man. T- small towns <laughs> in you know the English countryside or so like this. Obviously, I'm sure plenty of towns in America, but like you went in and it was it was you know it was Budweiser or you know Coors or Miller, and then maybe like you know if you're in a certain if you're in this area maybe Yingling, you know if you're in <laughs> you know like and and then the, the foreign was. Amstel Light, Heineken, Bex, you know, like that was... I mean, if you're in outside of Philadelphia, you just call Yingling Lager. You have yeah. uh, dollar wings and dollar yings, which is the greatest deal of all time. You pay like $5 <laughs> and you're, you know, Yingling, mildly inebriated by the end of the night. But you remember, I mean, back in college, we, we'd, we'd splurge and we'd have Coors Light. Uh, I always, once I was a senior and I was buying my own beer, I always bought a 30 of Yingling. I remember one time you showed up with a 30 of Red Dog. Oh, God. Oh, man. Again, look, th- this was a process. This was a... Uh, I, I started from the bottom, and now yeah, I'm here. That's, that's the uh, funny thing you think... Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. like, your penance, you know, like... <laughs> but uh, that's the funny thing you think about. Like, think about how much, like, you know, so a 30 of Red Dog was like 16 bucks or something like that, oh I think. God. 15 bucks. Like, for 18, for like, you know, 3 or $4 more, you could have had <sighs> Bud Light, which is still, you know, whatever, but... But, like, but no, looking back on it, you, no, that's, it's silly how like those couple of bucks in college were just you know like. There was a local shop uh, right by our school that had purple thirties, and the beer was called Time for Beer, <laughs> and it, the all I remember of the can was that it was purple, like a bright purple, and it had a clock on it, yeah. and just a Time for Beer, and it was probably thirteen dollars for a thirty. And we would buy this because it was $13 for a 30, and we didn't necessarily care what it tasted like. And looking back at myself, man, I was a different person back then. Uh, it's just shocking. Again, yeah, you're right, though. If, if you know, if, if I, I wish that I knew, you know, what I know now. Um, yeah, well, you were also at uh, Ramapo at the time of Four Loco, so... Oh, uh, Quattro Crazy, yes. Yeah. Um, no, those were those were some interesting times. Again, I, I, I partook in that beverage, and I don't think I've touched it since college. Uh, thank God. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what that did to me, but I'll, I'll find out later in life, most likely. 
Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about the the cast. We've got Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, the two, you know, s- standards of the of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Simon Pegg also co-wrote it with Edgar Wright. Then we have Martin Freeman, the <laughs> you know uh, young uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins, and then uh, real quick on Martin Freeman actually, yeah. uh, I my girlfriend had not seen Love Actually oh. up until probably about two weeks ago. Wow! And she also hadn't seen Black Panther. We're trying to get her a little bit more uh, into film, um, which is uh, you know it's a process, uh, but. It's really interesting seeing him in these three roles uh, within the past, you know, couple weeks, which is basically porn star, uh, yeah. CIA uh, <laughs> guy, and then uh, man with what, what, what's that thing you put in your ear? The uh, oh, Bluetooth. Yeah, like with a, like a Bluetooth like, headset. Yeah. and oh, it's it's really. Uh, I, I was just looking at this guy on TV. I'm like, that's Bilbo Baggins slash a porn star, and now he's in the Cornetto trilogy. And he already was though. He was in uh, Hot Fuzz, right? Briefly in the yeah. beginning, he's one of the. It's like him and Steve Coogan and. That's right. Uh, what's his name? That's also in Love Actually, who does I think the voice of the, of like the alien at the end of this, and then he's the stepdad in Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Bill and he was Bill um, Nye. Yeah. Yeah. Who was also yeah? It's a, it's a Love Actually reunion, basically. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and then we have. Uh, uh, Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike. Oh my God. Uh, Eddie Marzen, who's just—I mean, he's just always in so many things. <laughs> Patty Considine, uh, Consid- maybe we'll we'll say his—he's one of the Andes from Hot Fuzz. Okay. Uh, then we have another Bond, uh, Pierce Brosnan, because we got first Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz, uh, and then uh, I specifically wrote down the character of Basil, David Bradley, because you are one of the biggest. Harry Potter fans, so I don't know his Harry Potter's character's name, but uh, he's the guy with the cat in the Harry Potter. Yeah, movies, so. uh, M- Mr. Filch. There um, you go. But uh, Mrs. Norris is the cat. Um, he's the caretaker. Yes. <laughs> he's but, also Game of Thrones. Yeah, one of the the uh, Frey, right? Uh, yeah, Walder Frey, Walder Frey. Um, who uh, gets, his, gets his comeuppance, we'll say. Yes. And we'll leave it at that to not spoil any of your listeners. <laughs> Uh, so let's see, I wrote down a couple, I wanted you, yeah, we ranked the Cornetto, uh, oh, I thought, uh, some interesting facts about this movie, The World's End was also the title originally for that, uh, Seth Rogen movie, This Is The this End, This Is The End, yeah, but, and so, and, uh, so, Edgar Wright yeah. specifically reached out to them and asked them if they could switch the title because those were, you know, this was like in the vein of Armageddon, Deep Impact, Ants, Bugs Life, these two movies came out in the same summer, and so they ended up with The World's End. I actually, a few months ago, passed uh, a pub that was named The World's End There's one uh, in, in uh, England. Yeah, in Camden. Uh, this was actually Narsborough, so it's uh, right oh, outside okay. of Leeds. Um, I went to the one in Camden. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. How was that? It was re- really good, and uh, it's right by the Camden Markets, which might be the best like food market I've been to in the world. What's like the history of the World's End pub in Camden? Did you is there a story behind it or were they just like this is a cool name? Uh if there is one I did not I just went in there and I had a pint and you know like on my way back my hostel was on like the same street. Gotcha. So I did I didn't in uh Infer for exactly what 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 was <laughs> yeah. why is it called the World's End? But I was ha- I was happy to go there when uh, 
obviously had seen the movie already. Uh, Look, I'm a little disappointed you didn't, you know, fly back out there and do your research. I I should have. I'm sure. For this episode. (laughs) Still got time. Something I thought very uh, interesting is that even the flavors, you know, getting to the Cornetto trilogy and the the ice cream is present throughout the three films. This one, we get the most. What's that? I think they're literally eating the ice cream at the end, right? Well, at the end of this one. It's the the rapper shows up right, right on, yeah. the, on the on the on the fence, and so uh, and that was like mint chocolate chip. So it was a it was a green color, um, which he chose because that green represents sci-fi. In Shaun of the Dead is a like a red like a strawberry ice cream which represents blood and zombies, and then in the in uh, Hot Fuzz it is a, like a blue vanilla ice cream which represents you know blue and white for police. So that's so interesting. There's there's a lot like even in this film all the characters we have like one character's last name is King the yeah, other one is royalty. Knightly yeah. yeah and there's so that's all royalty when uh, Sam the Rosamund Pike's character shows up. Uh, uh, Gary is the only one that doesn't stand, just like a king. You know, everyone else rises. Yeah, for, I saw that. But he's so. There's some really. I mean, this is just. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright is a ver- you know brilliant filmmaker, very funny, but he puts a lot of. He's a. It's a very. It's smart comedies with. I mean, there are silly dumb there's, moments. There's yeah. But, there, there's thought behind each each take in each frame yeah. uh, it's also really interesting that you have a knight you have a king and then you have a chamberlain yeah. <laughs> you have all these different titles and then you just have chamberlain chamberlain <laughs> um you know what? let's play i want to play uh a couple of clips let's start out with just like the opening another one yeah let's get another cool. one we'll, uh, we'll, we'll grab another one yeah right. we'll grab another one while we're playing this clip ever have one of those nights that starts out like any other but ends up being the best night of your life are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. It was June the 22nd, 1990, our final day of school. There was Oliver Chamberlain, Peter Page, Stephen Prince, Andy Knightley, and me. They called me the King, because my name's Gary King. Ollie was funny. He fancied himself as a bit of a player, but really he was all math. We called him O-Man because he had a birthmark on his forehead that looked like a six. (laughs) He loved it. Pete was the baby of the group. He wasn't the kind of kid we'd usually hang out with, but he was good for a laugh. And he was absolutely minted. Steve was a pretty cool guy. We jammed together, chased the girls. I think he saw us as rivals. (laughs) Sweet, really. And Andy. Andy was my wingman. The one guy I could rely on to back me up. He loved me, and I'm not being funny, but I loved him too. There was nothing we were going to miss about school. Maybe Mr. Shepard. He was definitely one of the good guys. He used to ask me what I wanted to do with my life. I told him I just wanted to have a good time. He thought that was funny. It wasn't meant to be. Not that night. Come on, once more, five, six, two, eight. Newton Haven was our hometown, our playground, our universe, and that night it was the site of a heroic quest. The aim? To conquer the Golden Mile. Twelve pubs along a legendary path of alcoholic indulgence. There was the first post, the old familiar, the famous cock, the cross hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, the hole in the wall, all before reaching our destiny, the world's end. We took my car into town. I called it the beast because she was pretty hairy. And so our journey into manhood began. We were off. We didn't waste any time. 
We hit pub one and we hit it hard. There was drinking, there was fun, there was controversy, there were ladies, there were shots, there was drama, and of course, there was drinking. By pub five, we were feeling invincible and decided to purchase some herbal refreshment from a man we called the Reverend Green. Pint six put O-Man out of commission, so we carried on without him. Good thing, I bumped into his sister in the next pub. We went into the disabled and I bumped into her again. Sam tagged along for a while, but then I had to let her go. I had another date that night and her name was Amber. Nine pints in and it was us against the world. Things got mental in the beehive, so we repaired to the bowls club, or as we like to call it, the smokehouse, which is when it all went fuck up. Everyone got power and Pete chucked a whitey, so we had to bench him. In the end, we blew off the last three pubs and headed for the hills. I remember sitting up there, blood on my knuckles, beard down my shirt, sick on my shoes, seeing the orange glow of a new dawn break and knowing in my heart life would never feel this good again. I mean, what a great, strong opening that is, right? You just see them as kids, and then all of a sudden, he's in group therapy. Yeah. <laughs> and you realize this man's life has peaked at the age of 17. Yeah, like, it. that was the greatest night of his life. And later on in the film, we get an emotional scene where he's like, it wasn't supposed to be that way, like, we were supposed to, yeah. you know, keep going. And we, we learned, obviously, he was in group therapy, and it seems like he also... But, you know, he had his uh, wrists wrapped, so it seemed like he, you know... Suicidal, yeah. Suicidal. So, I mean, we have a lot of... I mean, we have, you know, someone, like, living in the past that's an al- and then an alcoholic and, you know, has suicidal... Tendencies, you know, Tendencies. Yeah. And... So, but that's, I mean, some pretty adult, you know, themes and plots for what is, in the end, I mean, a comedy... But I think sci-fi comedy. How would you describe this film? That's what I mean. They're each. I mean, so we get what a horror comedy, an action comedy, and a sci-fi comedy that are all also satires in a way. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, I mean, Shaun of the Dead is. I mean, that you're literally Literally even you're ripping off Dawn of the Dead Dead, right there, and then Hot Fuzz makes direct references to between uh what bad boys 2 and point break are two very you know and the nick frost characters heavily into action movies and then this one we get some pretty i mean so i think some pretty obvious references i i, I wrote down that um let's see that you know, you have very much like a thing uh, you know, like like the movie The Thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think uh, specifically, I mean Edgar Wright did go when the uh, whatever you, what, what what do they call them? They're not robots. They call them the. I'm totally blanking on what they end up calling the. the Is it androids? The, no, no, they're like the, the, be, the being. Oh boy, he says it at the end of the movie. They never come up with names. I actually wrote <laughs> that Nick Frost drunk. He's one of my favorite lines. Is nothing in the past five minutes. Uh, has been better than Smashy Smashy Eggman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I forget what they end up calling them, <laughs> but like, because they say robots and they keep getting like, do you know what the definition of robot is? So I forget what they end up calling them, but when they you know open up their mouths and their eyes and the blue lights, yeah. that is very similar to the famous the the John Carpenter's The, the thing, thing poster yeah. with the lights coming out, and then you know it has definitely the Stepford Wives vibe. Yeah, to it I think more well. of the Stepford Wives actually, yeah. just in terms of how. You literally have the, well, the small walking town, the, up. Yeah. yeah, the small town, and everyone's really nice, and all, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, his movies are you know very 
reference or just or or tell you this is what we're you know yeah, copying no, they definitely or, or reference a lot of admiring. other movies. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's we we were saying earlier actually that it feels like the raid is somewhat in here. Oh, as well. the 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 level of the fights in this movie. Oh my, gets it's amazing. So, so like at least I mean at least in Hot Fuzz you when there's some craziness you're like okay they're cops and the one guy and an angel is supposed to be like this crazy you know like crazy talented cop or whatever but this they're just all normal guys and that first fight that happens in the bathroom is <laughs> it's just like like you said we were you know it's like the raid it's it's like a you know when when in Kill Bill, the the thing is they ran out of fake blood, so they had to put it in black and white. It was it, not actually the case, but one of the things that, that they said kind of happened. Mm-hmm. It seems like they ran out of fake blood here, so they're like, we'll make it blue. We'll yeah. just have blue blood. And there's a scene where I think it's uh, Simon Pegg is beating one of these android-esque beings uh, just to a blue bloody pulp an inky pulp <laughs> yeah and it's very raid-esque but it also reminds me of like inglorious bastards just like the ending where they're just destroying hitler's face yeah uh and it looks just time after time after time you just see him smashing somebody with his own arm i mean the physics of this movie does not why make are you sense. hitting yourself why are you hitting yourself Leia? like the fact that they can <laughs> like pretty so like in a way like so easily cave in the head but I, but the arms, like, you can use as, like, you could rip off one of their arms and use it as, like, a bludgeon weapon. Like, the, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, but it's fine. It's a comedy. And it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm not trying to nitpick it on, on in, in that kind of way. I'm also curious. It seems like when their heads are pulled off, they're still fine. However, if they get cut in half, they're not. And if the yeah. heads break, they're not. Yeah, exactly. They, they didn't, they, they didn't set the exact perfect ground rules of, what you know cuz then also Pierce Brosnan gets destroyed but then all of a sudden shows back up in the bar like kind of after like a 3 minute fight you know so they I mean? had like a body ready to go again yeah you're right hot fuzz is definitely above this film now for me that one thing right there just completely <laughs> <laughs> uh i i i will say that i enjoy Timothy Dalton more than Pierce Brosnan as far as their roles, one hundred percent. In the Timothy Timothy Dalton Hot Fuzz, hey, and he, you know, that's a that's a definitely that's not a foodie film, but I will. He owns a supermarket, so I will definitely. End up, <laughs> that will be a random scene that someone will put pull out of a hat someday because it's food related. But he's just like, what does he what does he say? Like I'm the slasher. I got prices. He's just <laughs> so he's so good in that movie. Pierce Brosnan's great in this, but he's but. Oh, Timothy Dalton. What's your, what's your favorite film that features a grocery store? Favorite <laughs> film that features a grocery store? I don't yeah. know. That's... Oh, mine's mine's The Mist. Oh well, I'm that's just, just thinking. That's oh well, that's yeah. That's like the whole like location for yeah. the most part. Yeah, no, that's oh my god. I remember the leaving that theater ending. and like crying oh, after that movie, being like, I never want to feel that way. I remember leaving that theater and I was just so taken, and I was <sighs> like, this film is amazing. Yeah, and I was singing its praises as I was walking out of the theater, something I don't think I've ever done in a film before. Oh, so uh, and Frank everybody Darabon, Frank else Darabon. behind me yeah. was sobbing and saying <laughs> how much they hated it. And I, was oh, I with, loved like, it, but I was friends. sobbing. Oh, I, I was saying was to my friend, I was just like, I never want to feel that way. Like, oh my God, like, what, what? Oh my, ugh. And Stephen King ugh. came out and said, you know, this is the ending I should have read. I think he actually rewrote the book. The, uh, the ending, ending was that they just drive to the house and, and they, they find his wife dead. Yeah. And then they that's it. They drive off, I think, yeah. Yeah. 
and then it's like that's that's like the most and even the music that plays at the end and then uh oh, why, why, why am i why, why am i totally blanking on his name right now the main the oh um, actor uh, uh he's in boogie nights he was on the show hung god damn it. oh god why am i totally um he's uh he's the first punnet well not the first yeah punisher. no i'm oh god um thomas jane thomas jane thank you thomas he is the Tom- first punisher was there he wasn't? Was. He was the Punisher. Oh, I thought there was a pun. No, wasn't what's his name the pun? Wasn't uh, Dolph Lundgren in the Punisher? In like the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I meant the there first was. of the recent Punisher. Of oh, the I recent, think the Punisher yeah. was what two thousand three, something like that. Yeah. Two thousand, and then and then Ray Stevenson, and then TV show with uh, yeah. what's his name Shane from The Walking Dead. But yeah, <laughs> the way Thomas Jane is like Shane screaming the at Dead. the end of the mist, like after he does the deed, the uh, deed. Oh it's God. just but the, the clouds I'll, I'll, open up. And, I'll get, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll 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 get I'll get back to you. I'll think about yeah, that. No, I'll have an answer at the end of favorite supermarket. I mean, hmm. I'll think you about can talk it. about you. You can you can make it your favorite supermarket uh, piece of entertainment, and you can just say supermarket sweeps, which was the greatest <laughs> show growing up. Um. So let's see. Yeah, the beginning of that uh, of this. I I mean, they just do such a good job. Well, I mean, uh, there's just so many fun lines. Like I wrote, I told you that one line that Nick Frost when he's com- when they were coming up with like the names for these creatures for the robots. But then I love in the opening when he's just like, I had another date that night, and her name was Amber. Like it's so it's so good. Like it's just witty and funny. And... There's a I'm I'm all about good puns when uh when I see them, and yes. uh, I believe they say the bitter end, and he says the logger end. <laughs> uh, and it's a throwaway line that I don't think I caught the first two times I saw this film, but I think it's just hysterical. Mm-hmm. And they just did such a good job because it's you know he's just like. You, you know, like the the best night of your life, and then we just we meet the crew, and then we learn about the gold, you know, the Golden Mile, twelve pubs. I mean, what, these pub names are great. You've got the first post, and we learn in the film that that was like the uh, the the post office in town originally, yeah. and then it's the the old familiar, the famous cock, <laughs> the the cross hands, uh, the good companion, the trusted servant. The two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, the hole in the wall, and then the world's end. And each one actually has, I believe, the number of the pub written somewhere within so, yeah. uh, the, the bar itself. Yeah, and um, and it's just awesome. I mean, I've I've been to t- towns like this. There are even towns like nearby, but like I love that this is a small English countryside town that has twelve pubs. But that's not. It's not doesn't crazy. feel that uncommon actually. That's not that crazy in the realm. Even like I mean, near round the first uh talk about craft brews and I, I think uh Brian Rodriguez and I said this on the podcast, but like the the first one that re- really started our awakening into craft brewery was Defiant Brewery in oh. per- in Pearl River, yeah. uh New York. And Pearl River, like, you know, great Irish town and the Irish well they love to drink and in that town I think there's at least eight bars. And they're all about And there's other, and then obviously yeah. there's restaurants that have bars too, but there's like eight solid bars. Got some great barbecue at uh, Defiant now too. Yeah. They opened up that second well, yeah, half. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, when they added on to yeah. it. But, um, do, so, uh, do you do you have a favorite scene or just what are, what are just even some other things that you really like about this movie? 
Um, you know, I, I touched upon it earlier on. Uh, it's this whole idea of going back and, and seeing just how drastically things have changed uh, and, and knowing that you weren't necessarily there for it. Also, I mean, look, we went to school together. Like, ha- has there been moments that you were like, damn, I wish I could go back? Yes. Oh, there's so, I mean, there's so many, I mean, you have those moments that even then, like, I think in my head, like, oh, I wish I went to a different school, but then because of making, you know, being friends with you and friends with, like, I think about then who I wouldn't have met, and I go... You'd be a different person. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, sometimes, I mean, we went to a small new... I mean, particularly for me, like, I lived very close to the college, although I lived on campus, but I just, like, you know, it wasn't a big school. Not that I needed a school with a football team, but there is something that's... There's certain staples of college, and, like, having, like, a homecoming would be one of them. That's something we didn't have. We didn't live... It it was... The school was in a wealthy, like, New Jersey suburb town. It wasn't a college town. So there are things... (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) We didn't have... We didn't have... The closest bar to us was two miles down the road. Like, you couldn't walk to a bar, you know, because... and especially this campus, like they tried to make it more elite the later years that we were in it. And it's just like, just let kids drink and find out for themselves. Like you're going, no matter what, like stupid is as stupid does, uh, to quote a very random indie film. And, uh, uh, um, and if you're you're gonna, if you're gonna abuse alcohol, you're most likely going to abuse it, whether you're doing it in your dorm room uh, quietly or, you know, in the quad, in the quad, (laughs) you know, partying with some seniors or something. There was a, there was a fraternity on our campus that used to rent out limos and would just basically send kids to the local bars and limos because that was roughly the same cost as if they just shipped them in buses. Yeah. I mean, we were going to college before Mm -hmm. the days of Uber. So, uh, I think that would be a different experience now. Just being I, able to get anywhere for like think eight about, bucks. Yeah. Well, just think about it. I I would like, I would totally take a hit. Like, at least maybe like one day more than. I mean, like when I say one day a week, I mean like one like drinking day of the week. And I would become an Uber driver and co- you would like at a school like that, you would clean up. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Work on your work on Saturday nights, and all yeah. of a sudden the next six days in the week, you're you're good to go. It would just even be fun, like, I mean, thinking about now, like, to find, like, a cheap van, like, for everyone to pitch in with, like, if we had, like, I mean, I don't know how big the fraternity is now, we were going through some transitional periods <laughs> uh, in our col- college years, but, like, now, let's say there's, like, 20 guys in the fraternity, maybe even 25, if each of them put in, like, I know there's dues and it's expensive and it's college and you're paying for college, but if they put in a couple hundred bucks each, like, they could buy a van that then you could make sure there's always, like, one designated driver and, like, that fraternity, like, imagine you have a van. I don't know, man, we had a friend that tried to do that and he wasn't able to actually deal with the insurance on that van specifically as he tried to turn it into a party bus, Uh, although he apparently didn't put much thought into it prior to, you know, just going out and doing the damn thing. Uh, back to your question, though. Uh, yeah. The scene that, that, you know, really sticks with me is uh, you always have that one friend that, you know, is is on a diet or doesn't drink or, or is is not part of the entire experience that everybody else mm-hmm. is in for, yeah. for one reason or another. Uh, and there's a scene where I think it's Nick Frost uh, orders tap water. And yeah. they pour these just beautiful shots of the beer being poured into the glass. The very, well, the very yeah. right quick cuts. Quick cuts, yeah. and I think they do it for the first 
two bars. It yeah. might be the, the fourth as well because they get kicked out of the third. Yeah. Um, but it's quick cut, quick cut, quick cut, beer, 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 and then just the tap water slowly being poured in. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like well, wah, yeah, wah. it's the taps and then yeah. it's the, the water button the gun, the gun, on, the, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the hose gun thing. <laughs> the hose gun thing. <laughs> and yeah, that's... I love I love that scene. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, and we learn, I mean, later on we learn it's for... I mean, it's alluded to that there's a serious reason all the guys, when Gary's going around trying to get them and he goes to Andy, Nick Frost's character last, like, they're asking, and Andy's coming? Like, we know something went down, and we learn in the end that in the night where uh, Gary was, like, ODing or whatever, that um, Andy was above, way above the legal limit as well, but tried to get Get him to the hospital, crashed, and then Gary wakes up and kind of runs off and leaves him there when he, like... He's trying to save his life, basically. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much, yeah, and, like, cut his close to his like femoral artery or something like that oh god so just uh it's it is it's a it is that's the drama that's the drama that is the drama yeah and i mean and that's why and that's what makes it a really good uh i mean just a really good movie i was gonna say a really good comedy again but like a really good movie because you care about the characters and they are believable in the sense of like Maybe maybe you know someone that is exactly like it, or the, definitely it reminds you of somebody, and that's I mean, it it has it's almost still like a coming of age story in a way, like it's an extension of a coming of age story. Edgar Wright has a way of making me care about characters that if you just read the plot out loud, I wouldn't give two shits about. Yeah, uh, look at Baby Driver for example. I am so invested in his relationship with the waitress. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Scott Pilgrim, and you told me here's a film about a guy who. Uh, beats up some ex-boyfriends and earns coins every time he does it. Yeah, uh, that's well, very thirty thousand foot view. Well, well that 35. is some, he creates like, movies that have like thin plots, thin plots, but, but a the, heart, uh, but and a, a heart, heart behind and, the comedy and very smart dialogue and yeah, smart dialogue and character driven in the sense yeah. that you know that and gets talented people to play. Uh, those characters extremely well, and that is why I wish I saw an Edgar Wright Ant Man. I still really enjoyed it. I still did too, but it's one of those things that you always you're, you're always he curious just, about he, what it would have been. Yes, but he just didn't seem like he was he wanted to do anything the studio wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. which you, you just you got to play ball. I mean, you and you see, but then you see someone like uh, uh, forgive me if I pronounce it a little, but Taika Waititi. Uh, yeah, Taika Waititi. I yeah. believe. So. And you see what he did with Thor Ragnarok. Amazing. And how much of his own, like, then you watch his uh, other, you know, couple of feature films, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly, you know, like, that is him. So I don't know if that's just because then his style, like, his, because it is his genuine style, was that much closer to what Marvel wanted versus what Edgar Wright was. But, I mean, point being, Edgar Wright was attached to Ant-Man all the way back, even before, like, Iron Man came out. And before there was a cinematic universe, so yeah. I think it was at a point where they're still like, oh, we'll just hire someone, like almost like how Christopher Nolan made a trilogy. Like no one will ever be allowed to do what Christopher Nolan did with a Batman trilogy ever again. Like we all live in a cinematic universe now, where everyone needs to, it needs to be much more cohesive. Really want that Bane origin story though. Yeah. <laughs> but um, let's just I just, I want to play another little clip just because it gives uh it's just like the 30 second or 45 second uh when they check into i think they're what 
what hotel they're supposed or bed and breakfast they're supposed to stay at that night, but everything, you know, this all happens in one evening. Uh, Things dissolve. Yes. But I love his explanation to the uh, to the woman at the at the counter. Have you got any plans for dinner at all? Tonight we will be partaking of a liquid repast as we wend our way up the Golden Mile, commencing with an inaugural tankard in the first post, then onto the old familiar, the famous cock, the cross hands, the good companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, and the hole in the wall for a measure of the same, all before the last bittersweet pint in that most fateful terminus, the world's end. Leave a light on, good lady, for though we may return with a twinkle in our eyes, we will in truth be blind. Drunk. Well, there you go. At the, yeah. at the, at, at the end of that clip, <laughs> yeah. you get your uh, local pub guide. You're like you're saying the pamphlets when yeah. you're in the brewery, but this is a little hotel bed and breakfast thing that you know will show you the twelve pubs in town. And I just love that we get the names of the bars again, and just I mean Simon Pegg, just his comedic cadence is impeccable. You see Nick Frost and, and Martin Freeman just basically rolling their eyes through that entire oh, scene. Yeah. And, They're uh, just. Uh, you know, not really suitable for podcast form, uh, but <laughs> pretty hysterical. And it, it's like they basically told all the other characters to pretend like you are completely just out of... Like, you you just don't want to listen to a single word he has to say, but you're forced to be there, which is exactly what the situation is. Yeah, it's just that little bit of, like... All right, we were friends, and he seems to. Be, I mean, he lies. I mean, the whole thing is he oh, says that. Yeah, his you know, mom. I mean, it was a white lie. It was a little white lie, but then um, his mom passed. Yeah, away. your mom's actually still alive, and she's seen you in eight months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, so he gets some that guiltiness. So like that guilt plus with that, just the old friends. I mean, you know, people that that has a powerful hold over most people, I would say. And but like, yeah, like you said, it's just funny to see them in the background while he's. Well, as I say in the film, like you never say that you never admit that you're wrong. He, this is just a man that loves hearing himself talk, yeah. and you know, like not even I mean, pontificate isn't the good word. It's just like he doesn't pontificate just, at yeah, all. He exactly, just speaks. <laughs> yes, and that and I think that's just like a yeah. funny, perfect example. And just pontificate the, offers a, or alludes to a level of thought going behind your <laughs> yeah, uh, what's coming out of your mouth, and he seems to not really have that filter. Um, well, be, besides, uh, saying, uh, oh, fuck off, you big lamp, is there, <laughs> any, is there, is there any other thing you'd like to touch on when it comes to the world's end? I'm looking at my notes right now and just, uh, uh, uh not I've really. Oh, fuck everything. off, you big lamp. That's a great, these throwaway oh, lines in movies are, 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 uh, completely unrelated film but there's a scene in Jingle All the Way where Sinbad <laughs> is running down the parade and mm-hmm. he bumps into a box and he basically throws it and yells get out of my way box <laughs> that is probably one of like my top five favorite scenes of any movie ever uh, and I don't entirely know why uh, but yeah fuck off you big lamp I think it should be up there as yeah, well yeah I love I mean for it's just First, Gary and Andy, and then I think uh, then Steve shows up. But when they're just arguing with uh, Bill Nye as the big, like, I think like <laughs> argue five, with the the big light in the, the sky, big light yeah. in the sky. Uh, and I just even love Nick Frost. Like, c- c- come again? Like, well, it's just they're wasted and arguing with the big light and just saying how. I mean, you know, to human is to err. <laughs> if you're drunk and God starts talking to you and you have an attitude, what happens is basically that, yeah. that conversation. And you're like, 
I'd like to think that I would probably act a little bit differently, but you know, there's that one percent chance that I'm just. Yeah, I'd probably say piss off or something like person. that. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't really want to. I'm, I, I really just want to finish my beer here. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'd say we did a good job talking about the world's end. It's obvious. It's a fantastic uh, mo- movie again, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, the third and final chapter of the Cornetto trilogy. And, um, I mean, hopefully we'll get another Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Edgar Wright combo. Maybe there'll be a new trilogy at hand someday. Or... What do you think it would be called? This is obviously the Cornetto trilogy. What would yeah. you call the, the, the next trilogy? I don't know. I if would like could. to think that it would be food or maybe drink-related, so maybe... Maybe it'll be something drink. Maybe something with pints, or maybe some kind the of Ben Jerry's trilogy, or the, the <laughs> maybe some kind of sandwich or something. <laughs> oh, a sandwich would be interesting. Yeah, I would. Lo- I would love to imagine them. I, I. That's a dream come true. I want to see a movie about them, like owning a restaurant, like them as a kitchen staff. Imagine like that. waiting, but a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, maybe Simon Pegg can go back to, maybe, since he did, you know, he did uh, silly character, stiff character, silly character, maybe then he'll go back to stiff, and he could be, like, the stiff Major D, and then Nick Frost is, like, the head chef or something. I don't know. (laughs) I would love, I just want more food films, just in general, but then, obviously, to talk about on this good podcast. I was going to say, yeah, why would you ever want more food films? Would it give you some kind of fodder? (laughs) Like, what's the, what do you have to gain from this? All right. No well, reservations two. No reservations three. No. When? Well, we got the we got the uh, trip trilogy. I, that's probably the most uh, of uh, you know. There's I guess there's waiting and still waiting. There's oh god, there's, there's still waiting. Yeah. I'm assuming there's no a, Ryan Reynolds. No, I think the only person to come back is like Louise Guzman or something like that. Jeez. But, yeah. That's um, a that's a tragedy in and of itself. Here, let me let me take off uh, my hat for a second. I'll put these pieces of paper in here and you're going to (laughs) pick a uh, a random I have many pieces man these are these are these look very interesting like you just ripped apart a post-it note here yeah just well as I ripped Uh from the notebook that I keep notes in and I've got uh, they've accumulated from all the past episodes when someone hasn't uh, picked one so there's more than the usual amount so just uh, go ahead and salt salt on there Nate see if you can read my handwriting and which one you selected. Jurassic Park melted ice cream. There we go. Okay, so, so I'm assuming there's a question behind this. Well, th- th- we're just we're going to we're going to watch that scene and we're going to talk about oh. it. Yeah, and then we and then we talk about it. Oh, great. Yeah. They were all melting. Malcolm's okay for now. I gave him a shot of morphine. Who better to get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert? You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? It was a flea circus, Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a uh, uh, medica... Um, Carousel. And a seesaw. 
They all move, motorised, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas, Mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high-wire fleas and fleas on parade. This place... I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real. Something that they could... see and touch. I mean, not devoid of merit. But you can't think through this one, John. You have to feel it. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Having Nedry was a mistake. That's obvious. We're over-dependent on automation. I can see that now. Now, the next time, everything's correctable. John. Creation is an act of sheer will. Next time, it'll be flawless. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again... You've never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Alan and Lex and Tim. John, they're out there where people are dying. So... Dr. Ellie Sadler <laughs> dropping a truth bomb on on uh, John Hammond right there. I mean, boy, I'm, I mean, this is so... Jurassic Park is one of my favorite films of all time. It is, been a while. to me, what... I mean, I love Star Wars, don't get me wrong, but this, this, was, this was my Star Wars. This was my wonderment as a little kid. This was a movie I saw in theaters and was, like, my world was different ever since seeing it what i think year, i saw it before star wars what year did jurassic park come out was it 94 all right um i saw i didn't see it in theaters i was probably four years old mm -hmm. um so my parents were not gonna take me to see dinosaurs eating people um but i saw lost world in theaters i saw uh, yeah. and i saw that for a friend's birthday when i was probably eight or nine years old uh, and I remember just being horrified at the scene where uh, all of the, the little dinosaurs actually yeah, eat the, the man. Open, yeah. yeah, and you see the blood just going down the stream. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To which the first thing, I, I, I think my parents were actually there too, and the first thing I said when I got home was, oh my God, did you see that scene? And they're like, yeah, we saw it. And I was like, did you see the blood come down the stream? <laughs> and they were like, you noticed that? I'm like, yeah, that's like the entire, like that. that's that's the death is yeah. the blood going down the stream and they're like oh yeah you hear the guy oh, go, you are yeah you're actually yeah. you're you're paying way more attention to this than we thought <laughs> um yeah th this scene is just a, it's a good i mean i mean just jurassic park in general then you see it compared to these jurassic world movies Ugh. like what a difference 
of what a blockbuster is now. Like, this was the biggest film of all time when it came out. It surpassed, it's before Titanic, it surpassed, uh, you know, like all like all the Star Wars at that point, and E.T. The and Gone Jaws. with the Winds, the Ben Hur's. Yes. Yeah, so the, 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 I mean, but this was, yeah, this yeah, was, no, even I mean, financially, was, was crazy, and crazy. I mean, just one of the biggest, the you know, biggest film of all time at that point, and just uh, obviously the, the great mixing of, uh, uh, Dennis, well, I think it's Dennis Muir is the uh, CGI guy in Stan Winston's practical effects, but um, you know, this is just such a, gr- like, you don't get scenes like this in blockbusters anymore, but I love that it starts off with, it's John Hammond just like, they're in the the main hub of Jurassic Park, and the power's gone out, so they're eating this ice cream. And, it's melted. <laughs> and it's me- yeah, it's, they got to start, you know, he's just, it's, I mean, I, it's doing what ice cream does best. It's comforting them in this very dark Time moment. of need. Yeah, yes. time of need. And I love just the metaphor of this flea circus that, you know, he first had when he came down from from Scotland. And then, you know, Ellie Sadler, again, coming in and saying, like, it's all, you know, it was never real, and it, I mean, because really, like, I mean, in when they're trying, he has to his see... staff as he's as he's telling this story too. Like, yeah, you he literally see where the mosquito came from. Yeah, in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Just this little thing that's part of something that's holding him up. Yeah, is the reason that all of this like, like can exist. Uh, and yeah, and then even I mean, the, then the scene finishes with. Uh, you know, after she drops all that truth on him, she goes in and kind of takes some ice cream too, and she's like, "Oh, it's good." And I, I love, <laughs> I love that line. You no, know, it is that good. He says yeah. throughout the film, like, you know, spare no expense, and it's just, uh, I mean, not a, a heavy food scene. Well, it's he- it's heavy in the sense like that Marty McFly says heavy, but uh, you know. It's not heavy on the quantity um, of the food, but the food is uh, the bookends of the scene. I just also, I find it funny that, you know, when do you eat ice cream? Uh, one of the key things is, you know, after you're really sad. Yeah. Uh, maybe you've, you've broken up with somebody, you know, yeah. maybe a pet has died. Uh, when do you eat ice cream in Jurassic Park? Well, when all the dinosaurs are out and they're killing everybody. <laughs> and it's, the power it's, uh, goes out yeah. and you just, yeah. You're like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, that, that breakup when I was 13 doesn't really hold a candle to the lawyer that was just eaten. <laughs> also, there's a couple other food scenes in the film. I mean, like he says early in the film, he's like, oh, Alejandro has prepared a lovely lunch. We've got Chilean sea bass. I know this film way too, you know, but Chilean, to Chilean know, yeah. sea bass. And then later on, Lexi and Tim, they're in the same room. And like, I remember the jello and Lexi is like her hand or one, one or the other. I think it's Lexi though. Her hand's shaking because they see the Velociraptor going behind like the painting of the Velociraptor, like the shadow. Yeah. And it's just like the nervousness. Hey, even the water is shaking when T-Rex, uh, you know, is coming up to him. So that's water is a drink. So, you yeah. know, there's a... It's Jurassic Park a foodie film? <laughs> They're being eaten. People. Something being tells eaten. me you will you will have a you will have a podcast on Jurassic Park, whether or not it's a foodie film, because you yeah, will make exactly. it you will make it a foodie film. Yes. Um, there was a, a recent uh, survey that came out. Uh, I just pulled up uh, that basically asked uh, the respondents if they could see a sequel to one movie today, what would it be? Oh yeah, and, uh, it was... and do you know what the number one response was? Back to the Future. It was Back to the Future, which but is number four was Jurassic Park. Which is crazy. Despite, despite all of the despite. current... Like, I actually oh, I have the responses here. Uh, and we, we do some surveys every now and then sure. uh, internally. Yeah. Well, as there we were a bunch of other ones that it's were also... It's Back to the Future, Toy Story, Indiana yeah. Jones. Like, 
but but also these are all films that have Toy sequels Story 4 is either out. in in, yeah. in the works or yeah. have recently not recently but I mean Indiana Jones and the Kingdom. Well, I wish got, it was it's gone. It's got a sequel coming out. Is there's a there's a fifth yeah, one? There's coming a fifth out? one coming out. With, really? Yeah, with with uh, Harrison Ford. Actually, Harrison Ford. And yeah, not, not Shia. Not Shia. Oh, thank God. Um, it's uh, yeah, Indiana. So Back to the Future, Toy Story, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Star Wars. Uh, apparently, nobody else saw the Han Solo film. Um, <laughs> Avengers, Hunger Games. Again, I don't know what you're thinking if you think Hunger Games needs a sequel. Everything was pretty bad there. I don't know if they're asking for sequels or reboots. They have to be asking. The, no for sequels. sequels. It was uh, which the question was asked: Which franchise would you like to see another sequel to, or oh, a sequel s- to? Um, oh. And then number nine though was Avatar. So they considered Avatar a franchise. And I guess that kind of makes sense given the fact that there's what four more coming out. And yeah, they're shooting four back to back or something. Animal Kingdom and Disney World is now basically Avatar Land. Yeah, exactly. The, the which I can't the, wait for. <laughs> I'm actually excited. I I haven't been to Disney since I was 16 years old. I I I've been wanting to go back, but then as soon as I've been thinking about it, and then as soon as I heard, you know, a long time ago, just when they even, just pretty much even when Disney bought Star Wars in 2013. Oh man, this looks so exciting. I know. So I'm just like, so cut to obviously they bought it in 2013. This isn't opening until this year, and I'm not even going to go when it first opens because the lines no, are going to be gonna ridiculous. Be. So, point B, probably in 2020, I'll make a trip to Orlando and uh, go to the Star Wars. They were saying they're going to be at capacity by 10 a.m. Uh, on the days that, for the, at least the initial probably month or so, that, that Star Wars land, what's it called? Um, they actually, they have, they have a name yeah, for have, it, yeah. uh, that, that it's open, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm going back to Disney World for the first time in probably like for for a real trip not just like I show up for a day like I'm there for mm-hmm. an extended period of time for the first time since high school wow. uh for my 30th birthday You're which a big is Disney be, person. I'm a big Disney fan uh but it's <laughs> it's it's not an easy thing to take off you know a week plus of work and then, and then pay the amount of money that you pay to go to yeah, a place it's like Disney ridiculous. World yeah um yeah. but it's Look, it's it, it's. I'm. Well, really that's how excited. much I care about Star Wars. That like I will make it. Like. Oh, 100. Yeah. percent And yeah. I mean, it. That Star Wars land. I mean, my understanding is that they're actually creating an entire universe where, you can pay I don't know, probably, like three thousand dollars a day, um, to live within one of the hotels, uh, and you get an actual personality and you get a bio and. You oh actually, yeah! As soon as you walk in, you like, yeah. check in and it's. It's supposed to be, I think, the inside of a Star Destroyer. I don't think it's a Death Star. I think it's a Star Destroyer. And, like, all the windows can, like, you can make it look like space is just outside. It's, like, all crazy ridiculous things. They just built a whole Millennium Falcon that you'll enter and go on as a ride. And I heard that's actually going live right now, and a couple of reporters are are getting access to it, and they say it's amazing. I am... I'm excited. But, uh, well, that's well. Hey, that's uh, you know George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and this is a Jurassic Park scene. So I mean, it's all movies. Uh, I mean, Jurassic. I lo- always love the Jurassic Park ride at uh, Islands of Adventure, which I think is getting an update because of Jurassic World. But I thought Jurassic World: uh, Fallen Kingdom was the raping of my childhood. Oh, don't get me so, started on. That, uh, I hated that yeah. film. I. I don't think that I've been that disappointed leaving a movie in a long time. It was just a garbage movie. The first one is just incredibly nostalgic. Han Solo, actually. Nostalgia I was based. pretty broken up after watching Han Solo 2. Um, Still, I just like, I mean, at least with that movie, I I enjoyed Donald Glover, and I'll always enjoy, like, more Chewy, but everything love else Donald Glover it. in that film. But they should, Han, you're, you're alone. <laughs> huh, we'll call you Solo. 
Han Solo. I'm oh, like, God, I don't I need that. that story. I don't yeah. need the backstory. No, you know what should have been, you know what should have been the story. And me, me and uh, Mike Manzi were talking about this the other day when I called him Saturday morning when the Avengers Endgame trailer dropped oh, randomly. Man, so excited! Uh, or Came out of nowhere. Friday, Friday, I think that was. Never mind. Yeah. But yeah, it was out of nowhere. But um, but. I called him, then we started talking Star Wars, of course, and just came from that. And, like, that movie should have been just, like, Woody Harrelson's character, you know, like... On Solo? Yeah, like, instead of instead of Solo, okay. the story should have been, like, the crime world, and seeing someone from the crime world get, like, maybe slightly involved in the rebellion, because then there's that, like, the the girl that, like, you think is the bad guy, but isn't the bad guy, that's part of the rebellion, if, if, whatever her name was. Is that Daenerys? No, no, not no, the Daenerys, other. the okay. one that was wearing the mask, and, like, yeah. like, and then it was, like, the young, like, yeah. Oh, at the very, yeah, at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's part of the, rebe- like, the early stages of the rebellion. Yeah. Like, that's what, just how, like, Rogue One, it was all people, like, it was a story we knew, clearly we knew they got the plans and they give it to the rebellion, but, like, it was all characters we hadn't met before, and it was an interesting story. They should have done that just, like, with, again, these people from the crime world. And then you still could have had uh, Daenerys' character, and you could have had Darth Maul cameo or whatever. Oh, God damn it. Don't but get me started on that Darth anyway, Maul bullshit. Anyway, this is foodie films, and that's not uh, that we're going... Yeah, no, separate, the- <laughs> uh, separate movie. But real quick also, I mean... I actually I agree with you for uh, for the world's end. I'm not a huge fan of the last like minute. Um, yeah, to go, actually, uh, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that. that's kind of its own thing. Uh, and I, I was trying to think of another film that kind of elicited that response. I don't hate it as much as you do. I'm not. I just don't love it. Yeah, well, um, I just don't like that. So it's these you know these beings that have traveled across the galaxy, helping planet to planet, and they're saying you know, Earth is, like, the lowest on, like, the, you know, like, uncivilizedness in the whole galaxy. And we've been behind all technological advances, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the end, like, then when they leave, they just, they end up destroying and taking everything. They make them leaving makes the world a worse place. It's not just, it it isn't just then humans as we are right now destroying the world. It was... I, I didn't like that it like became a post-apocalyptic like s- setting at the end. It should have just been like you know that then the just how there's zombie the zombie apocalypse ends and then there's the regular world and now there's like zombies being used and that's probably that's well that's kind of similar that's, actually that yeah, might be my favorite supermarket scene that they're using zombies as like bad oh that's right begging yeah. uh, checkers to answer your earlier question that's very, that's pretty funny uh, uh, <laughs> but then it should have been the the world ends. Or no, I'm sorry. The world doesn't end, and then those things like are still awake. You know, they awake at the end, and they're part of civilized. And then that would just be a comment on obviously immigrants, and you know that that you know that kind of realm. And we just see the world is going in a worse and worse in direction. a worse direction. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think That's of fine. yeah. No, there's um, but, I don't know your thoughts on this film, but uh, the one of the movies this kind of reminded me of just the the, the ending. I'm like. I'm not again not as ticked off as you were at it, but I was rough, uh, rubbed the wrong way. Uh, was I am Legend, oh, yeah. uh, wow. which that ending all of a sudden I was like 100% on board for that film, and now I look back on that film I'm like that's not a great movie. No, just well, because of those, the final two minutes of that movie. Well, those it CGI just turned it on me. The CGI are, zombie things, it's yeah. garbage. I, I, I disagree with you actually. I, I loved that film up until the final like. No, and sh- and those should have been those things should have yeah. been prosthetics. There wasn't like you <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know. But anyway. All right, yeah. 
Well, moving on to the last segment of the show, Gut Instincts. I kind of told you about it before uh, the beginning, but... Are you I've already for... forgotten. We, we've had, you know, we're on our second beer, so... Yes, so. Yes. Uh, but so gut instincts. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask you a bunch of questions. Just whatever you know comes to whatever comes to mind first. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a like free thought. Yeah. All right. Like a speed round, but there's not. I'm not clocking you, but just you know whatever really. You know, like and why instinct. do you have that stopwatch out? <laughs> uh, go. <laughs> and favorite fast food. Ooh, uh, either In and Out or Taco Bell. All right. What's your uh, go-to beer uh, and/or uh, cocktail? Oh man, uh, go-to beer. It's it completely dependent on what's on tap. Uh, right now, if I see Bourbon County anywhere, uh, they have a new one called Midnight Orange that's just knocks my socks off. Uh, but normally, just you know, an IPA for mm-hmm. something more common. Uh, Oktoberfest or Bell's Too Hearted. Do you, do you drink uh, hard liquor? I mean, obviously you like things in a bourbon barrel. Do you enjoy? A- uh, I'm big big fan of whiskey. Um, mm-hmm. Can't drink vodka. Have trouble with tequila. Uh, but well, clear alcohol. Yeah, as Ron brown Swanson liquor said, is, is usually. for rich women on diets. So. And I am uh, <laughs> neither rich nor a woman nor on a diet. So uh, yeah, no. But but big fan of whiskey. Uh, yeah, scotch. Okay. You name it. Favorite childhood snack. Just think about maybe Whoa. we grew up in the '90s of a great time, Whoa. but also maybe something your mom or your dad made for you. What's I mean. Your- I hope my parents aren't listening because I'm not going to name something they made for me. Um, but I I played a lot of soccer as a yeah. kid. Uh, and so orange slices. No, we we would get after the, so we'd get it after the game uh, gushers. Oh. And we would get the uh, ecto cooler high C. High C, yeah. Uh, and I used to like. I used to, my part of the reason I played a lot of soccer uh, was because I just loved those those snacks at halftime after oh, the game. Yeah. And that, that ecto-cooler, we got to figure out. That's like the Szechuan sauce of like Rick and Morty for me. Like I want to figure out how to make. I think that came back. Did it really? I think so. Then it's not that for me because I should have known. <laughs> Sweet or savory? Um, shit. Savory. Favorite food city, international, domestic, or both? Food city. Um... New Orleans. Nice, same here. Favorite cuisine? Uh, I'm going to take my time on this one, sorry. Sure. Uh, probably Italian, mm-hmm. uh, but I can be swayed. I, I, I lived in L.A. for a while, and the Mexican food out there oh, was... Yeah. Uh, they, they make tacos, or they make tacos. Obviously, they make tacos. Um, but... Th- the the different types of meat they put in the tacos they have they have lengua they have cabeza mm-hmm. uh, they have different types of meat that you know I would order and they'd look at me and be like you're the only white person that's ever ordered this before <laughs> uh, and I am if I ever see cabeza or lengua tacos like they are my go to all the time I gotta take you to this taco spot in Union City it's legit really yeah. do they have I I know they have tongue I know they have oh. other things they so they might have cabeza oh. um, guilty pleasure food it's like, what's that, you know, what is that thing, you know, you eat too much of, or just, you know, me, for me, it's chips. I mean, can I it be beer? Uh, it can, yeah, no, um, yeah, I mean, but. <laughs> yeah, beer, beer is yeah. my guilty pleasure. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, what? I don't drink soda uh, because I drink beer. I, I, I made a decision that was, uh, if I'm going to uh, indulge in something sure. uh, that has this much sugar, this many carbs, I should probably get rid of any kind of soda uh, from my diet. But food wise, um, no, that, yeah, I mean, that uh, was, if that works, that works. Yeah, yeah. that 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 works. Right. Uh, I, I like that this was a very uh, three sixty drink driven yeah. uh, episode. Full circle. Favorite condiment? Uh, buffalo sauce. 
What's the last thing you ate? I mean, technically we had some. Um, God, I don't want to. I don't want to admit this. Uh, I had Chipotle today, oh. uh, so we're going classy here. Um, yeah, no, long long day of meetings, uh, yeah. and I grabbed my lunch today at probably about 4 p.m. Uh, and there's a Chipotle near our office in in Midtown, so I ran out the door, saw the people I was in meetings with, yeah. waved to them came back in, saw them again as I was holding a bag of Chipotle, yeah. uh, and I just gave them this like sad look, like a, like a dog that was lost and just knew <laughs> that it had done wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, that's, and that's why I appreci- appreciate even more you coming on, because I know you're... Uh, oh, no, of course. Yeah, glad to help. Um, what would be your last meal? Ooh, you can make um, it like a cr- look, I'm, I'm yeah. from Philadelphia. Uh, I love cheesesteaks. Uh, what kind of cheese do you put on the cheesesteaks? Uh, Whiskey. Whiz, yeah. Whiz. Okay. Um, number two is American. Uh, oh. When I first started, I did provolone, uh, yeah. which is just like a very like John Kerry esque move. Uh, <laughs> not something you really want to be doing. Uh, really? It, it, I think Why? He, he ordered with either provolone or Swiss when he was running for president in 2004. Probably Swiss. I don't think pro- I like. A I think nice it, sharp I think it was provolone. Swiss. Um, but if you're from Philly, you order with Whiz. Uh, yeah. American, you can also order with, but. Um, I mean, I'm not from inner city Philadelphia. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. from like suburban area. Uh, but there's some just amazing cheesesteak places. We're going this upcoming weekend. We're going to do a little like a Philly Christmas. Nice. Uh, myself and Christy, my girlfriend. And we're going to go to Longwood Gardens, uh, which is this huge botanical garden uh, right outside of Philadelphia. And they light up everything. And they do light shows and they have just these gorgeous trees and you just walk around for you know hours on end uh cool but we get a cheesesteak like right beforehand so we'll go do like what's the che- what's your cheese steak spot Ooh, steve's steve's i love steve's um there used to be a place called i think it was not uh, what's the one that starts with a d it's like del or what's that i've never i mean I, there's like gyms yeah. there's and uh, what, what, what there's are the two main ones Pat, pats and uh Chips. there's pats tony luke's and geno's yeah, the, totally, yeah kind of the three yeah, and then you have Wawa, and you just know for sure that that's like <laughs> as good as it gets. One of the best cheesesteaks I've actually had though was uh, in the Poconos, which is just you know that's weird, awful to say out loud. Have you been to Donkeys in Camden? I have not. Where Bourdain went to and said this is the best cheesesteak he ever had. I, I'm a huge Bourdain fan, and I have not been there. You need. I I went there. It is like I mean, it's closer to almost being like a steak sandwich than a cheese steak. You know really? what I'm saying? Like it's just the quality of the meat on it is just so good and it's on a poppy <laughs> seed Kaiser roll. It's just it's just a, it's a, and it's an it's an amazing sandwich. I will I want you maybe we'll go together someday. Would love to. But like I'll let you uh answer, you know say then whether or not that's actually a cheesesteak. But uh, when I was in high school, I would go on, you know, every time I went to any location, diner, you name it, yeah. uh, I would make a decision that was like, I'm going to get the cheesesteak. And I wanted to see if I could find the best cheesesteak out yeah. there. And the different types of cheesesteaks that I had, when you go, you know, across the United States and mm-hmm. you're like, I get a cheesesteak and it's literally just this like slab of just burned meat and it's, you know, an inch thick and you're like, that's not diced, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not a cheesesteak. And they're like, well, we put cheese on a steak. And you're like, yeah. You've, you have the internet, like you can, <laughs> you can figure these things out. Um, but no, I'm, let's, let's go to Camden, whoever, when was the last time somebody said that out loud? <laughs> All right. Uh, do you prefer to like eat at home or like go out and eat? 
Do you like cooking for yourself, or you? I mean, I mean, I love cooking for myself. Uh, That said, you know, I I live on the border of Newark, right by Ironbound, which is like the Portuguese Mm. section. Uh, And there's a new restaurant that just opened up downstairs that has just the best happy hour, where you pay like five bucks, and they literally bring you out sausage that's on fire and (laughs) set by your table, and it continues to burn as you like try and jab at it without, you know, like getting the singing singing the hairs on your arms. no, I, I probably prefer eating out. Uh, just really busy work-wise, and sure. when every chance I get, I'm like trying to be active and you know live yeah, yeah. live my youth as best as I can. And you get to knock off possibly another beer or two, you know. Yeah, that's that, that actually has I mean, probably sure. a, a big part part to do with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, when I go to locations, the th- here's my issue is that I enjoy trying a lot of different beers. Uh, and that that doesn't sound like an issue, but I will have a beer that I absolutely love on draft, and part of me is always curious about what that other beer is. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a, a saying in How I Met Your Mother that Barney Stinson says every now and then, which is like newer is always better. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've definitely fallen victim to that, where <laughs> you know I see that IPA that I know is one of the greatest things I've ever had, and then I see that Pilsner, and I'm like, but I haven't had that Pilsner from a brewery that just opened yet. And then I have that Pilsner, and I realize that it's just a garbage beer, and that brewery's going to go under in probably about three weeks. Uh, but, no. Um, what's uh, what's your favorite snack to have at a movie? Do you even... Do you, I mean, oh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the movie pass diet, uh, which is amazing, because you can literally just go to see films virtually for free. I think I pay $10 a month still, and yeah. it's... Uh, I don't really like what I'm supporting, but at the same time, you know, free movies, I can't really complain. Yeah. Uh, Sour Patch Kids, uh, and then you know popcorn and they like layer the butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. I don't like regular popcorn because only the top is butter, and I can't drink. You need to get the wand drink. in it. That, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, the wand. Yeah, like you know, you can put it in. There's places that have like a wand that then has s- s- holes on the side. Oh, interesting. I've never seen and that. So it, you know, I mean, it's the popcorn will move for it. So then you just like put it into that and it disperses the butter evenly. That's like some Alamo Draft House shit. <laughs> love Alamo Draft House. Yeah. If I ever get sponsors, I would love Alamo Draft House to be a sponsor of this podcast. Anyway. You hear that, Alamo? <laughs> uh, what would be your spirit food? I think, do we, do we say cheesesteak? Or do or, or, or oh. honestly, but this is, it's a, I mean, but cheesesteak might be your favorite food. This is something I like to kind of help guide people. So it might not be your favorite food, it might be, but what food best you know your personality again or actually now in this case it could be then a beer but yeah who knows but what when you you know what best you know mirrors your you're not guiding me you're just repeating the question yes (laughs) so well let's think about what uh, i mean um yeah look uh it would probably be something that uh is a little messy uh but is not terrible for you. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. What? What is that? Messy, but not terrible. Not terrible for, for you. you. Maybe some kind of. I'm just going for some like, kind of like wrap like, that's like not like terribly unhealthy. I don't know. Yeah. Like a. a you know what? A buffalo wrap. A Fuck bu- it. Cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. We'll go with the cheesesteak. I think that that I don't know what the whiz though because then that's not here. We'll, we'll do is, we'll do a cheesesteak with with American with American. Yeah, that'll be uh. That, I think that that covers okay. it. Uh, and and not too much grease. Not too yeah. <laughs> um, 
And the last question, what's, what's the greatest lesson? And we can, well, I, I usually say, but what's the greatest lesson you've learned in food, but we can make, again, make it in food beer, and yeah. drink. Yeah. Look, there's a full community out there, uh, on, on the beer side. I mean, there's numerous Facebook groups. Uh, I, I've, you know, I have friends that I, I've never met before because I've been trading beers with them across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I trade with a guy from Norway every now and then, uh, and he just gets me some really interesting Norwegian beers that I've wow. never heard of before. Uh, and I pay way too much money to ship that beer out there. Um, but uh, look, I, one of the things is I found something that I that I care about. I found a way that I can bond with other people. I can connect with people that I yeah, never otherwise would yeah. have. Um, and uh, it's not necessarily the most healthy thing for you. Uh, I don't think many people have vices that are extremely healthy, even those that run, uh, you know, 20 miles a day uh, probably aren't doing the best thing for their bodies. But I found something that I think makes me happy. Uh, I enjoy trying new things, uh, food-wise or beer-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also something to be said for going and waiting in line for an hour with people that share a similar cause to you. Yeah. Uh, and... Almost every time you go to a brewery and you're getting cans of like a, a new release, you have to wait at least an hour to do that. Wow. Uh, and I've waited nowhere near as, as long as, as many other people. Uh, but probably the most amount of time I've waited is about five and a half, six hours wow. uh, for, for a couple, four packs of beer. And waiting in line, talking to people, having that shared bonding experience uh, is pretty cool thing and yeah it's a, a cool great way to connect with you know my, my parents my dad specifically yeah uh, family friends good conversation that's awesome yeah. i'm into it well and you're drinking the uh the saigon scooter yes, from from two roads and evil twin nice yeah and evil i like twin, it a lot uh, it's the co- right it's got coffee yeah. uh it's like a vietnamese coffee style stout so it's like a coffee stout with maple I like uh, it. syrup i believe and some brown sugar and uh cream Thank you very much for uh, sharing your beer and having me in your home, your lovely home. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Is there? I mean, I know you're not. Uh, you know, again, it's not like you work in food or drink. But I mean, <laughs> is there anything? I mean, you do post on your social media if you if you want to share your social media, or if you just want to share just what you think would be. You mentioned like Untapped is a great. So any anything? Yeah, you no. Think I mean, people I mean, should know about? my my job. I, I work with a lot of. Uh, companies and influencers and things like that. I don't necessarily promote myself as one. Um, but uh, on Untapped, I'm Nathan Adams 815 uh, and I'm what Nathan knows on Twitter, and I think my Instagram's probably Nathan Adams 815 too. Uh, but, you know, uh, probably Untapped, given the conversation at hand, is yeah. the, the smartest smartest way to, yeah, exactly. to connect hit and, it, hit. and see what beers I'm drinking and, uh, you know, look at them and wonder... What the hell am I doing on my Saturday night when I rate twenty beers? Do, do you so you not only just check in, you do like rate them on there? Yeah, no, you, you rate them, you blurb. check in, uh, yeah. you say where you're where you're drinking them. I mean, it's pretty cool actually. You can tag like buildings that don't even serve beer. For example, what we're drinking right now, I just tagged uh, the building that we're in right now. So if there's other people in the building that are drinking craft beer, I can actually find out. Uh, oh, a little cool. bit about them, and there's a full messaging platform, so we can, you know, invite awesome. people over that are in the actual building itself to do craft beer tastings, and that's, you know, where you have a lot more fun, and you start actually, again, doing a little bit more of that social scene. Uh, and I've got friends that I have over for beer all the time, and that's one of the ways that we bond. Yeah, no, I love, I, I love, I love it. Then that's what I'm hoping will spawn from this podcast as well. I just, there's such a, we live next to quite possibly, you know 
the the greatest city. Obviously, it's New I've heard good things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just even in this area, I mean, you lived. I lived in Hoboken. You lived in Hoboken. I moved to Jersey City. Uh, you moved to Harrison, like you said, it's right next to you know Newark, though. And there's just there's just an ever expanding great food and drink scene. So I think that's that's just untapped and just in general, that's an awesome way to keep I don't know just people keep those friendships alive yeah connected yeah Yeah, and there's a dinosaur barbecue right there too so it's the best of both worlds there you go yeah well Nate thank you once again and uh, we have I end the podcast (laughs) we have a little sign off line it's uh, it's there's more to cut so if you could just remind the foodie fans that there's more to cut Uh, there is more to cut thank you it's like a guy from New York (laughs) (laughs) yummy 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 I got love in my tummy Love you such a sweet thing